Plan the best summer road trip through Illinois with New State Guide. Duncan Coffee is coming to Mattoon. More on these stories. I'm Sierra Henry. I'm Kelsey Watsonauer. And this is Lee Enterprises Long Story Short. Good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of Long Story Short, where we recap Central Illinois news from Lee Enterprises journalists. So, big news, everybody. As you might have noticed, all three of our Central Illinois newsrooms have switched over to the new website. Um, Our readers may have noticed a few changes with these websites. Well, a lot of changes, probably. Um, They look great. It's so clean, easy to use. Um, It's tailored to your experience. Uh, We also have a nice little podcast section where you can find all of our latest podcasts. Hint, hint. Uh, Long story short, will be prominently displayed there. You can also, it's also easy to access all of our photos, videos, galleries, articles, and more. So if you've noticed the little watch now tags, uh, now they make sense. (laughs) Just kidding. It looks great. I'm really pleased with the website. So if you have a moment, go over to pianograph.com, herald-review.com, and jg-dc.com to play around. There you can access all of our articles, videos, photos, and more. And while you're at it, consider taking advantage of our um, digital subscription offer where you can get $3 for three months of content. With that, Kelsey's going to talk about some state government news. So despite repeated rejections from Illinois Republicans, the Democratic proposed state legislative redistricting map is headed to Governor J.B. Pritzker's desk. The map passed late Friday evening in both the Senate 41-18 and the House 71-45 along party lines. The map has drawn quite a bit of criticism from Republican legislators who have said the process was done behind closed doors, they're really criticizing the transparency of the situation, and they've also voiced concerns over the map using U.S. Census Bureau's 2015-2019 American Community Survey data over the delayed 2020 census redistricting data that would typically be used. On Wednesday, U.S. Representative Rodney Davis held a press conference in Uptown Normal to call on Governor J.B. Pritzker to veto the map. He was joined by State Senator Jason Barrickman and State Representative Dan Brady, both of Bloomington. The Republicans pointed to an interview that Pritzker did during his campaign in which he committed to vetoing any map proposed by politicians and that he would support an independent redistricting commission. We have been following the redistricting process quite closely, especially as things are starting to heat up in the State House. For more information, check out Herald and Review reporter Brendan Moore's stories at any of our three websites, pianograph.com, herald-review.com, and jg-tc.com. For more information about the press conference, find my story at pianograph.com. I also have photos. Next, we have some local government news on the docket, so Kelsey is going to tell us about the Mattoon City Council coverage. Big news, big news for Mattoon. Yes, that's more good news for Mattoon residents who love their coffee fix. The Mattoon City Council this week approved a proposal to construct a Dunkin' Coffee Shop in front of the Cross County Mall. It will be located in the former Taco Bell. The council also approved a regional career training center during that meeting. The regional innovation center will be located in a former consolidated communications building at 121 South 17th Street in Mattoon to help prepare high school students from Mattoon and the surrounding area prepare for life after high school. So check out Rob Stroud's report at jg-dc.com for the full scoop as well as full coverage of the meeting. So last week I wrote a story that about the um, federal hate crime bill which uh, President Joe Biden signed into law about two weeks ago earlier late late May. Community leaders praised the new legislation which expedited 
which expedites reviews of hate crimes in response to an escalation of violence toward Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders amid the coronavirus pandemic. So I spoke with some community organizers who are affiliated with ISU's Asia Connect, which seeks to promote various cultures within Asia and provide support to community. They've been very vocal in responding to these increase in violence against Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders. Um, I also included some data from Stop AAPI Hate, which was which is a nonprofit founded to record these instances. Uh, since March of last year, AAPI or Stop AAPI Hate said that 6,603 anti-Asian hate crimes have occurred since March 19th of 2020. It's a huge issue for the community and Think you should all take a look and read up on what this COVID-19 bill does. Uh, it's mostly focused on law enforcement, um, making sure that uh, reviews of hate crimes are, it's a more smoother process, but some leaders said that it doesn't do as much to stop like what has been leading to um, that increase in hate crimes. Check out the story, it's at panagraph.com. Kelsey is going to tell us about some much needed health related news. The COVID-19 pandemic has been a stressful time for many, so it shouldn't come as any surprise that the demand for health, mental health services and help have surged in the last year. This week, Panagraph Health reporter Lindsay Jones wrote that data provided by the nonprofit Mental Health America showed that more than 1.5 million people who voluntarily took online screenings were looking for help with depression and anxiety. That need was, of course, felt across McLean County as well. Uh, Lindsay spoke with a number of mental health care providers in the area, all who reported a spike in calls for service since the start of the pandemic. This is an incredibly important story, raising awareness for mental health needs in the community, and Lizzie does a great job of putting the story together, so be sure to find her full report at panagraph.com. And in other quick health-related news, uh, Lindsay also reported this week that blood donations in central Illinois are down due to the pandemic. Um, this is a huge issue affecting the medical world, so if you have the ability, please consider donating the blood this year. Um, I know I'm eligible on the 12th. When are you eligible? You can go to redcrossblood.org and find out. And check out Lindsay's stories detailing American Red Cross's struggles with low blood supply at panagraph.com. And now Sierra's going to take us into some, some light-hearted education news. Brooks Cemetery in Charleston doesn't get to see many visitors, but a helpful group of seventh graders made a visit last week to get it in top shape just in time for Memorial Day. The Charleston Middle School class completed a cleanup project and then placed U.S. flags on the graves of veterans who were laid to rest in the cemetery located on private property in rural Ashmore. This was done as part of the school's veteran service project for this year, which actually started in November with a cleanup project before Veterans Day. In addition to wiping down headstones and placing flags, the seventh graders also placed daisies and lilies on the property. JGTC reporter Rob Stroud headed out to Brooks to see the students hard at work and has the full story along with photos and and video at gg-tc.com. An investigating committee from the American Association of University Professors published a report that is critical of Illinois Wesleyan University for eliminating four programs last year. The report said the process was contrary to accepted principles and the faculty handbook. Last year, the Board of Trustees cut programs in French, Italian, Religious Studies, and Anthropology. Nine faculty members were expected to be affected by the decision, but the university found other positions or came to retirement agreements with all but one tenured faculty member. Wesleyan President Georgia Nugent said the university strongly disagrees with the AAUP findings and 
claims the school adhered to the AEP guidelines. However, an English professor, Michael Thune, said the report brings a certain degree of vindication to the faculty's concerns. Reporter Lenore Sabota has the full breakdown on the report and the university response over at Panagraph.com. And now let's move into some sports news. Uh, sports slash government news? Yeah. That's an interesting um, intersection of sports and government. Illinois lawmakers are considering a new bill that would allow college athletes to make money off product endorsements, Pantograph sports reporter Jim Benson wrote this week. On Saturday, the House voted 95-18 to to allow student-athletes to hire agents and to market their names and images. If approved in the Senate and signed into law, the bill would take effect July 1st. This is a huge deal in the sports world as only 10 states have adopted similar laws. 13 other states are currently considering similar legislation. For the full story and issues with NCAA, check out Vincent's story at paintograph.com. And I just want to give a quick shout out to um, some other national sports stories. Um, we always talk about our local story, our local uh, sports coverage, but our sites always have national coverage as well, including stories on Naomi Osaka's departure from the French Open, as well as Coach K announcing that he's going to retire from his position at Duke University. So if you're interested in bigger sports stories, national stories, professional stories, we have... Our front page was covered in stuff about Albert Pujols today. Uh, so be sure to find that on any of our three websites, Panagraph.com, Herald-Review.com, or JG-DC.com. But in the meantime, let's throw over to some public safety and courts news. What's going on in Macon County, Sarah? After more than two years and a legal fight, Jim Root has been declared the winner of the 2018 Macon County Sheriff race. Initially, Tony Brown was named the winner by just one vote, 19,655 to Root's tally of 19,654. At the conclusion of Root's legal case that stemmed from the call for a recount, a 36-page order from the Champaign County Circuit Court Judge Anna M. Benjamin determined he won the election by 16 votes. Herald and Review reporter Tony Reed was able to talk to Root about the case, so be sure to find a story at herald-review.com. Wow, two years, and now they're actually getting ready to to vote for a, a new sheriff. And I'm not sure if either of these people are <laughs> running in the race. But you can be sure to find Tony's story because those are most definitely at HeraldHydroView.com. And I'm, I believe we've already wrote about um, famed son of oh, Buffett. Jimmy Buffett. Not, not Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy <laughs> Buffett Margaritaville. Warren Buffett. Oh, Warren Buffett. Famed, famed son of Warren Buffett running for sheriff in Maka County. I do know that. Former Ridgeview teacher David Rochford, 33, pleaded guilty to one count of criminal sexual assault after taking a plea agreement to dismiss 14 counts of criminal sexual assault and two counts of aggravated criminal sexual assault. Rochford of Bloomington was arrested last July after the Mulhane County Sheriff's Office opened an investigation into complaints of inappropriate text messages as he sent to several female former students at Ridgeview High School. Rochford taught junior high and high school chorus and coached 8th grade girls basketball when he was at the school. This week, Judge Casey Koskin sentenced Rochford to 8 years in prison, so you can find my full story at Panagraph.com to read more. And now let's move into some lighter news, some community news. 
news. Uh, what's going on with Rubian this week, Sierra? Okay, so now we're just gonna have some quick community news, and because I have already recorded this like eight times, I'm just gonna talk. Um, those lucky enough to snag Rivian Automotive Special Edition fully electric truck will have to wait just a few more weeks to get their hands on it. Um, the company delayed delivery of the truck uh, by one month to July. It was originally supposed to come out in June. Um, this is a highly anticipated vehicle and I don't really think it's like, usually we wouldn't report on a delay like this, but since people have been waiting for so long, Rivian wanted to talk about it and let people know that yes, the truck is coming out. It's just gonna be a few more weeks. Um, multiple factors led to the setback, including um, pandemic-induced supply constraints, as well as the company setting up service centers and charging centers, um, I was told by a company spokesman. Um, you can read my full story at pandagraph.com where I go into more detail about the R1T, the R1S SUV, um, the pricing, uh, as well as some comments from the mayor. The town of Normal is actually getting one of each vehicle when they do finally roll off the production launch, but we've been really excited here to see uh, these trucks finally be delivered. Unfortunately, we're just gonna have to wait a few more weeks. I don't, I don't really think it's that surprising though. I mean, they've they've had a pretty like, they had a delay because of a production delay already because of the pandemic, and um, just to see it like delayed by just one month, I don't really think that's gonna hurt them at all. Something that was interesting that was Crane's Chicago Business reported that the setback was due to global semiconductor chip shortages, uh, which has caused issues in like several different areas not just car manufacturing because it also like anything that uses those chips are in bad shape but um the spokesman i talked to didn't really dismiss that but he said that that wasn't like the only thing and he wouldn't really say that like what exactly like that that was um but yeah so find my full story at panagraph.com uh, to read more um and to close out community news kelsey and is going to talk about um tourism in the great old state of Illinois. Uh, yes, my very smooth segue is speaking of vehicles, um, Governor Pritzker has made a simple pitch to Illinoisans and tourists alike. Take a road trip this summer and see what you find. The state launched its Time for Me to Drive campaign in May as a method of introducing tourists to Illinois they might not have seen before to a version of Illinois they might not have seen before. Uh, Panagraph reporters Tim Egger and Lenore Spoda worked on a few travel stories this week, um, taking a look at this campaign and maybe more importantly, the destinations that might pull us all out of that lockdown mentality that might still be lingering. You can find those stories at panagraph.com and I definitely recommend it because not to just echo the governor, but they mention a few hidden gems you might have missed in your travels through the Prairie State. I'm definitely looking forward to leaving my house this summer. So, uh, Sierra, do you have any road trips planned? Um, I don't know if we have any, like, specific road trips planned. I know, like, Austin and I want to go, Austin, my boyfriend and I want to go to, um, Turkey Run State Park, which is in Indiana, so sorry, JB. <laughs> um, I was interested in going to Star Rock. That's only an hour and a half away. I was looking at maps which told me that it was actually five hours away and I was like that's ridiculous it only looks like it's like what like not too far north of us it's actually an hour and a half I was looking at bicycle time so for whatever reason Google wanted me to bike 
bike the trip. I will say that it's kind of unfortunate timing to be like, let's get back on the road and gas prices are through the roof. Um, yeah. No conspiracy theory here, of course. Like, there's gas prices are set by like a number of things. It was like pretty nuts though to see like, I know, obviously I've talked about this in the past. I lived in North Carolina. I have friends that lived in North Carolina. I texted them to ask them what people were doing in terms of the gas, the quote unquote gas shortage, which there really wasn't any, but people filling up their gas tanks and like buckets and stuff. And um, my friend told me it was like just chaos chaos in Wayne County. Uh, yeah, my cousin works in construction out there, and like, you know what construction vehicles need? Gas. <laughs> so they were having a really hard time. Like, their county was out of gas. Um, but back on road trips, <laughs> I too really want to go to Star Rock. I've never been, despite having lived in Illinois essentially for my entire life. There I go, saying the word essentially again. Um, so yeah, I want to go there. I, there's a few little towns that um, I'd like to stop in. Um, I've been working on a story about water towers in the last few weeks. That I guess, spoiler, because that story's not out yet. But um, talking to little towns about like the things they do to try to get tourists to stop in. And there's, and <laughs> I've had like mayors essentially pitch their towns to me like, yeah, you should definitely stop by and blah, blah, blah. And they sound fun, they sound interesting, they sound like worthwhile stops on a road, on a larger road trip, so. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to be a, a puppet for JB's little campaign, but I, th- I think it's a, an exciting idea to just say, hey, go check out places in Illinois, there's cool stuff. Oh, I'll, I'll, also in the story they mentioned Shawnee National Forest, and I really want to go down there, I really want to go to our little version of Garden of the Gods. I meant to go when I was in college, and it never happened for reasons. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'll try to do some traveling south and north and east and west. Yeah, I like, I've been to the Garden of Gods. It was really nice down there. Um, there's also Casey, Illinois. Um, is I don't know if it's mentioned on the road trip. It definitely should be because Casey, Illinois has like giant things like they have like the world's largest wind chime they also have the world's largest like lawn chair or chair uh, rocking chair the world's largest rocking chair i feel like they also got another i'm not sure uh they have a fu- they have a few things and their brand is like small town big things i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure that's literally the, the slogan but i'm not um but yeah casey's always fun they were our rivals in high school so i can't plug them too much um but yeah casey's casey's pretty cool too yeah there's a i don't i think it's not the same place but um somewhere along i-55 way farther south than we are um getting close to where you would like turn off to go towards st louis um or heading that anyway there's a bunch of big stuff down there <laughs> and one of the things that they had like a giant ice cream cone and there was i think a paul bunyan i think uh, a big pink elephant no idea where it is i just passed it like 10 times a year when i was in college because i went to school in kentucky and made that drive way too many times um but yeah you never know what you're gonna find in this here little 
boring little state of Illinois. It's not that boring. You just gotta look a little harder. Should we wrap it up? Yeah. <laughs> So that's going to do it for us today, folks. As always, if you're enjoying this podcast and our reporting, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. While you're at it, head on over to pantograph.com, herald-review.com, and jg-tc.com to look at subscription information and consider supporting hashtag local journalism. Get out and drive. I would like to see a giant corn cob. Oh, yeah.